What is going on, everybody? This is the Painless Flipping Podcast. Welcome, Investors Drive Nation. If you haven't heard what this podcast is about, we talk to real estate investors about what they're doing, how they got their first deal, the story about that, and where they're at right now so you can see the progression, see how they started, just like you, if you're brand new or getting into real estate, and where they're at right now. So we got an expert on here. We got James A. Brown. What's going on, brother? Hey, glad to be back. This is Round yeah. two. Round two. Yes, we have. We have chatted before and I wanted you to come back on because it's been a while. But guys, we right here, James is uh, out of Colorado. Is that correct? Yep. All right. And in the in the theme, like I was telling everybody, James, is this is the painless flipping podcast. We want to take the pain out of getting into real estate. Now, you can't do that completely, right? You got to go through some pain to learn something. But our goal is to give everybody the expertise to learn from your experience, my experience, so they can get in and get dirty, but not that dirty, right? <laughs> we want to help them out. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's get it. Well, so the first thing we want to talk about, James, is uh, let's talk about that first deal you got. You made $2,000. Tell us about how you got $2,000 on your first real estate deal. Yeah, it was. Uh, so we focus on lease options, rent to own. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, a joint venture deal with my partner and, and mentor. Uh, it was an out-of-state deal, not not in Colorado, so Minnesota. And uh, what was a lot of cool things about it, basically, we brought our investor, our investor, came in and bought a house for somebody that couldn't get a loan. Um, it turned out he was a, a real estate agent, didn't have his full two years to be able to get a loan. He needed that track record. And so he actually picked out a duplex, was able to rent out one side and live in the other. Okay. And um, within, I think it was a year and a half, he was able to get a loan, walked into some equity. Like it was during COVID things were going up and up and up. And so Walked into equity. Our investor walked in, or you know, made monthly income and a back end payday. Uh, so everybody was happy. And uh, he even this agent, he was able to buy a single family home for himself, and at the same time, and turn that duplex into two doors, two rentals. Wow. All in it within a year and a half. It was it was awesome. Let, let's break this down because a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are brand new. So let's. So you got you made two thousand dollars. How did you make the two thousand? Was it from the the option on the lease? Like they, did they have to put some money down in the beginning? Was that the yeah. option payment? Yep, they had to put some money down, have some skin in the game. That's why we like lease options. They've got skin in the game compared to a regular renter. Right. Okay. Know. So you you made money on the option. I'm assuming you split. It was probably four k, and you split it with your mentor. He got more, but. You know, he he went out and found the the duplex and made the offer. Like he's doing a lot of the work. Okay, we were just more of the connector. So okay, so you so this is how it works. He found the deal, and then um, it was was it on the MLS or do you remember? Yeah, I believe it was on the MLS, and the buyer okay. was. Uh, I don't know how he connected with him, but he had the buyer. So there's, okay, there's value in that. So. Did, did he buy your mentor, take it down and buy it with private money, hard money? What did he end up doing? No, our, our investor bought it with oh, a loan. Okay. Yep. Just with a loan. Okay. Yeah. So, so the investor bought it on a loan and then someone else, then you put someone else in there as a lease option. Yep. Yep. They just had a lease with an option agreement to buy. Okay. And it was know. an agent. And you're saying the agent is the one that took over the as a lease option. Yep. Exactly. And what's cool is he, he now helps you know, my partner in Minnesota screen tenants because he's been through the process as a tenant. Wow. Yeah. 
Interesting. Okay, because I did hear about this company that does. Uh, they don't. I don't think they take options. Uh, they don't like take money up front. They just buy properties off the MLS for cash, and then they do lease options. Mm -hmm. And then every year that you don't exercise your option to buy it, the price goes up and the the rent goes up. I don't know if you've heard of that. I can't remember the company's name. There's multiple companies and different ways. In fact, I as an agent, I teach other agents through a continuing education class about this whole industry and how yeah how we can all do it and do it correctly so that the end goal is that, that those people can become homeowners and buy right it. yeah and it, that's not always the case it's in fact industry-wide a lot of people don't end up buying which is the, the uh, oftentimes the fault of the company that didn't screen correctly yeah yeah because you don't want to take option their option money like they're down whatever you can say it's can you say it's a down payment or not really it's no option, it's, it's an option payment it's a non-refundable option consideration okay. is the terminology okay. they can use that if you if you're giving them credit for that money they put down they can use that for down payment and closing costs right so but if they don't qualify then they kind of lose it pretty much yeah, it's, it's non-refundable non-refundable right yeah Yep. And if you don't, if you say, Hey, you have a lease, I'm give you a lease option. You can, you exercise your right to buy this in a year, but you, you get, you bring someone there, you know, they're not going to qualify in a year. You're pretty much, are you saying that's kind of the shady, not shady, but that's like where it could go wrong. If you like take a big option payment, but you know, they can't qualify. Right. Yeah. And so okay. like screening them well, looping in a lender in the beginning to really figure out like, where are they now? What's it going to take to get to them to the, and then also figuring out how much time to give them. Cause like we start with them first, if they need a year, let's give them two. So their back's not yeah. against the wall, maybe three years, you know, we'll do up to 10 years actually. For sure. Yeah. So, so do a lot of people do this where they um, will buy a property on a, um, with a traditional, like a FHA or a conventional loan and then do sell it on a lease option. Yeah. I, I don't know how many people are doing it individually. Like, like we are. Uh -huh. Cause like that company you're talking about, they probably have a big fund behind them. Oh man. You know? They probably, yeah, they do it. I think they have like over like 15,000 homes or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Black rocks behind one of them. And they're probably right, paying right. all cash and keeping it as cash, not putting loans on it. We like to put a loan on it and leverage that, you know, make Got it. an investor can get multiple deals by leveraging. So that was your first deal that you did, and then you're st you're continuing and progressing and doing it more and more. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've done multiple joint ventures with our partner, and um, and then I've done them on our own myself and Toby, my my business partner here in Colorado. Oh, cool. How long have you been doing this uh, for everybody that's watching? How did did you start just recently? Have you been doing it for a long time? This is year three. Okay. Yep. So year year three. Are you doing it full time now? Yep. Wow. Okay. So where are you able to find most of your properties that you're able to do lease options for? Most of ours in the past have been out of state, outside Colorado. Why is that? We just, those joint venture deals, you know, our partner had the buyer already in the Midwest. Some others came through my brokerage EXP. You know, I'm pretty well known throughout EXP for doing this. And so okay. I'll have people come to me like, Hey, you know, got somebody that can't get qualified. What can you do? So gotcha. Yeah. When you say you have your, your investor, your buyer, and he's, he's, he's the one that's coming in with the, the getting the loan. Is that what's happening? Two the buyers. Buyer. There's the, the, the resident or tenant, the end buyer. And then there's the investor who's a buyer in the beginning. Right. And yeah. is that, which one is the most difficult one to find? Finding good tenant buyers or re resident buyers. I like to say resident. Right. Buyer. Um, that's harder to find because 
there's a lot of people that can't get loans, right? Of course, yeah. Especially right now. Right, yeah. It's getting harder and harder. There's more programs, but they're the guidelines are pretty pretty tight. So where are you find where are you finding? Sorry to interrupt. Where are you finding these uh these tenant buyers? Most of them are through relationships I have in the industry, people that run across, people that can't get qualified. So okay. So you um you find an investor that how do you pay that investor out for uh, taking the property? Like, or do you get paid out like a fee, a part of the option fee? Like where, how do you get uh, compensated? Yeah. Well, there's two different ways we do it. I get paid part of the option fee. And then as a, a licensed agent, I can pick up the buy side commission, which may be difficult if you're following news with the National Association of Realtors and the lawsuits going on. That's that's a whole rabbit hole. Oh wow, something <laughs> crazy is going on over there. It's a huge shakeup. Yeah. Um, what's going on? Tell us about the shakeup. We don't know. What, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So traditionally, or in the past, and how it's currently done, the buyer, or I mean, the seller, commits to paying all the commissions for the listing agent and the buying agent, right? Correct. And that, that's split between the two. Now they're t- trying to make it so a buyer agent is going to have to get paid outside that transaction, like get paid directly from the buyer. The, the challenge is like most buyers, especially first time home buyers don't have extra money to pay above and beyond their down payment and closing costs. They're, wow. they're just barely making it work. Right. So uh, are they trying to make buying buyers agents obsolete? Like just being like, Hey, people can search on the MLS by themselves. Like, well, I mean, it's kind of going that way in, in a, in a way, like, Zillow and all, you know, Redfin, all these other sites, you can go see properties, Yeah, um, but they're, they're left out in the cold without any backup, somebody knowing all the contracts and just, there's so many ways you can, you know, get taken advantage of just by not knowing what, what's going on. Right. Yeah. It's kind of confusing. I didn't know that was a problem. Is that, re- you said, re- is this recent that they're trying to not pay buyers agents? Yeah. Well, it's been stewing for a couple of years. Um mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of big real estate brokerages that are in the firing line getting sued millions and millions of dollars. Wow. Um, so it, it's it's messy. Why would they get, be getting sued? Aren't they agreeing to like the seller of the home is agreeing to buy, pay the buyer's agent commission if they bring the buyer? Yeah. Yeah. I think part of it is they're like, it's not transparent, but so that's what, like what we're doing in, in, in my group in EXP, we've been actually splitting that out and making it transparent. So everybody sees what the buyer agents make in. So we've I thought been it was- the game for, for three years or more. Interesting. I thought it was transparent. Like I thought they, they knew that they were paying the buyer a commission buyer's agent a commission. Is that not transparent all the time? Yeah. Well, you wouldn't see the percentage. Oh, okay. You don't see that. Interesting. Because on Zillow, it says willing to pay buyer's agent like 2.5%. Yeah. So is that sometimes they don't say that? I'm not sure where you're seeing that on Zillow. That might be in some comments. Yeah, no, it's it's in the description. A lot of the properties I look at saying willing to pay buyer's agent 2.5, 3% in Zillow. So it's just in the description. I'm surprised because normally the description that is public, that Mm -hmm. agents, if you're not an agent that you see, it's just supposed to be a description of the property, nothing having to do with financing or commissions or anything that's usually hidden. And that's that's what they're having a problem with. They'd want that to be shown. And I get it. Very interesting. I think that's fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so what's your outlook on uh, what will happen to that? Do you think they're just going to take away buyer's commissions? What are you thinking on that? Yeah, and you know, I think what it'll end up being is like, you know, say a purchase price without having the buyer's commission is 300 grand or whatever that number is, the buyer agent would still get paid out of the equity of the house and they just add that on to that final purchase price. Hmm. Interesting. So there's the seller would still be be paying that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how buyers are going to come up with that money. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, I think buyer's agents provide more value in my opinion than a listing agent because a listing agent just puts it on the MLS most of the time and just waits for people to reach out. Right. And he facilitates that. Um, do you agree or do you think buyer's agents are less valuable? Well, yeah, there's a lot of work driving around, opening doors, for a buyer's agent, mm-hmm. once once they f- have the property and make an offer, then it's there's a lot of things going on in the background. Both are doing, yeah, yeah. Negotiation that's the, that's that's a big part of it. Like a lot of buyers and sellers think they can negotiate, but unless they've been trained and know what other professionals know, kind of at a disadvantage. It's like like going to court or something. I'm going to represent myself. That usually doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't know what you don't know, right? Yep. Exactly. Very interesting. Well, hey, dang, bro. So you went from 2K on your first deal to now doing lease options and knowing all this stuff about being a real estate agent and being involved in EXP and being the go-to guy. If you aren't, you can't qualify for a property, you help people get in through lease options. Is that what's going on? Exactly. What's cool too is like I'm helping other agents and lenders. Lenders love this too because they can get a loan from or for the investor and for the buyer in the future. They got one in the pipeline. So that's what's mm-hmm. cool is like I'm able to help a lot of people in their business and get people into homes that normally couldn't or would have to wait, you know. I would think I was talking to one of my buddies about he did a lease option and he got su- I don't I don't know if he got sued, but he had to go to court, had to give the property back to the the uh, lady. I think that's what happened. Yeah. So have you seen any like not horror stories, but any issues with lease options? Not personally, you know, like the way we do it. We're setting them up for success, working with a lender and really getting that game plan figured out, finding people that have a good chance. Because I I mean, I talk to people all the time that I can't help mm. for different reasons. Maybe their credit's been bad for years and they probably won't change that. Or affordability is another thing I can't help. So I get mm. a lot of people, I want to buy a house. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't help. <laughs> you just don't make enough money, especially Denver. Like Oof. our prices are high. A lot yeah. of people just can't afford a house. So do you feel like uh, what helps you avoid issues is in the you do the due diligence in the beginning to help people out before you, you, you turn a lot of people away, you just said. So do you feel like that's what helps you, helps you not have issues? Yep. Yep. Totally. That's why like our close ratio is like close to a hundred where industry-wide people that aren't doing it the way we're doing it, it's on the other end of the spectrum, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So who do you reach out to, to qualify the person? To qualify them, we we ask them a bunch of questions and then oh, you do the qualifying to see yeah, if we, you should work mm-hmm. with them. Okay, so you're not yeah. like handing it over to a mortgage uh, lender or someone in the very beginning. Yeah, we do that too. Yeah, because okay. I don't want a lender that knows all the different programs to give me their opinion. If they're like, eh, I'd, I'd run away. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> let's so, uh, let's go with the professional's opinion on that. 
so what would the process be on that? Like I come to you, I don't qualify. You would ask me tons of questions. And then if you're iffy or, or would you just be like, yeah, you're good to go. Let's, let's get you in front of my, my lender. Like what, what's the process on that? Yeah. I, I ask, ask a bunch of questions. Just, I don't want to waste the lender's time if I know they can't qualify, but you know, oftentimes I, I don't know what programs we can get people into now. Mm-hmm. So I just had a, an agent refer somebody to me a couple of weeks ago. They thought they couldn't get a loan, send them to my lender. And he's like, Oh, I can get it done. I'm like, okay. Oh, well, great. I, I had no idea. So wow. that was cool. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Yeah. Is there anything that someone can say that you're like immediately like, eh, bro, I can't help you. Like, is there like one thing that you ask that's just like a, a no-go if it's a, they don't answer it correctly? It's usually a combination, you know, like we can be flexible if their debt to income is off, their credit is just terrible. Credit's right. an interesting thing. There's so many things that can ding your credit. We're looking for things like life happened to somebody, divorce, death in the family, couldn't keep making the payments, those kinds of things that are fixable weren't weren't the fault of the person that was just like, I'm not going to pay my car payment or my student loans or whatever, you know, and you can see that when you get into a credit report, typically like, okay, those are the ones that are harder to fix than like the divorce or the uh, death. Yeah, credit can take a while, especially if there's a lot of stuff. But I mean, we work with experts that, that can help people along and get them qualified quicker. Yeah, and it probably feels good getting someone to home that they probably didn't feel like they could get into. Totally. Oh, yeah. It's it's super satisfying being able to help being able to help people get into homes, especially when they were tell, being told no by the bank. Well, what can people do that are watching this to uh, you know reach out to you, whether they want to learn how to do this or they need help getting into a house? <laughs> I don't yeah. know which one you want people to reach out to you for, but yeah, tell everybody. On the investing side, they can go to hybridinvestor.vip. Mm-hmm. And um, we're actually just uploading a new video that kind of walks through all that. Um, so that's probably the best thing, especially cool. I mean, most of your your audience is investor, mm-hmm. like not necessarily buyers, right? So yeah, right, right. Yeah. Or look that's me up awesome. on I'm on Linktree slash uh, partner with James Brown. Somebody okay, Linktree slash partner with James Brown. Yeah, that's a good way. I've got all sorts of links on there. Get a hold of me if you've got questions about. It. Well, there you go, everybody. James Brown, and you can hit him up on Facebook, I'm assuming, and, and Instagram, and yep. wherever else social exists, right? Because you're probably on everything. Yep. <laughs> cool, man. Well, is there anything you want to leave the uh, Investor Thrive Nation with? Any information, any gold nuggets you want to leave before uh, we dip out? Yeah, nothing's jumping out at me. I love it. Hey, a man that just straight to the point. I love it. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And, um, you know, lease options are definitely a good option. And, uh, you know, you want to get into real estate? Don't delay. Let's go. Take action. All right, everybody. We'll see you later.